Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, good friends, and thank you for joining us for yet another edition of the Bill Press Pod. It wasn't entirely unexpected, thanks to an earlier leak of Justice Alito's draft opinion. But nevertheless, on June 24, the Supreme Court sent a shockwave through the country by denying American women the freedom to make their own health care choices, a freedom they've officially enjoyed for 50 years. It's up to the states to decide, said the court, whether women enjoy the same health care freedom as men do or whether they'll be treated as second-class citizens. And already we're seeing the results since uh, June 24. 14 states have banned women from seeking an abortion for any reason whatsoever, and 12 more states are expected to do so, making forced pregnancy the law in at least 26 states, just like it was in the days of slavery. Today, we examine with Planned Parenthood the challenges that women face in a post-Roe world, and some of the tragic consequences we've already seen, and what actions women can take to protect or restore their freedom. Joining us, Jacqueline Ayers, Senior Vice President of the Planned Parenthood Federation of America for Policy, Campaigns, and Advocacy. Jacqueline Ayers, thank you so much for joining us today from Planned Parenthood on the Bill Press Pod. It's good to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. And as I want to start with breaking news because as we speak uh, here on uh, Tuesday, August 2nd, the voters of Kansas are going to the polls to vote on an important constitutional amendment dealing with abortion. What's at stake here uh, in Kansas, Jacqueline? Today, we're going to see people go to the polls, and I believe they're going to reject an attempt to uh, ban abortion. Um, back in April of 2019, the Kansas Supreme Court, for the very first time, recognized that the Kansas state constitution actually does protect the right to abortion and that the right is distinct and broader than what is in the U.S. Constitution. So um, that case in 2019 was really a landmark decision. And uh, what we have now seen is an attempt to uh, remove that state constitutional protection. Um, this uh, would propose to limit the Kansas state constitution, and that's what voters are voting on today. Um, and we know that it needs uh, to be able to uh, make sure that people can regulate their right to access the health care that they need, and uh, Kansas is going to be a crucial access uh, point. So we, uh, you know, have been working. Um, actually, we've been working uh, for a, a long time, uh, not just today, to, as the bill moved through the state legislative process, um, got approved to be on the ballot, the um, anti uh, 
anti-abortion organizations collected uh, signatures. So now today is the day where we actually see if this ballot initiative is going to be improved and um, weakening protections in state constitutions for abortion is, uh, you know, something we're always going to be fighting for. Mm-hmm. So um, we're really proud that the, that the, we, you know, we think that this is one that's um, the first vote, right? Where it's the first vote we're going to see since the uh, Supreme Court handed it down its decision on Roe v. Wade. So it's an important day. It's a little, comp- it's a little not, I wouldn't say complicated, but confusing, meaning um, a yes vote in this case is to change the Constitution. A no vote is to uh, uphold women's rights to choose in the state of Kansas and leave the Constitution as it is. Am I correct? That is correct. Right. So is this overall sort of the new strategy on the part of the um, a- anti-abortion uh, organizations to try to lock the ban into the constitution because that way it's harder to change. Yeah, I think you know what the Supreme Court handed us is um, in the Dobbs uh, versus Jackson Women's Health decision um, means that uh, they're forcing a nationwide public health crisis. So the question is being returned to the states. And state constitutions offer, uh, at this point, really the only legal uh, basis by which a state can protect access to abortion. Um, So we're going to see this state by state. As of right now, 14 states have banned abortion since the Supreme Court's decision came down. We think more are expected uh, to do so um, in the coming days and weeks and months. And so, um, you know, this is very confusing. Um, this is mm-hmm. a devastating moment. It is complicated. Uh, so that was the right word to use yeah. <laughs> um, because it is literally your health care depends on your zip code. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and red state or blue state or um, and are there any limits allowed or is that out in, for example, in Kansas or, or most of these other states where it's locked into the Constitution or is it just a outright ban? No exceptions. Um, so what we've seen uh, so far, uh, you know, West Virginia is probably uh, going to vote uh, uh, very soon, is that um, the approach in many of these states is an outright ban. So without exceptions, um, there are, you know, other examples of states where uh, it's not all hope is not lost. We know that there are places like um, uh, Michigan uh, where they're they're going. They have an old uh, uh, law on the books. That law from the 1930s says that abortion is banned. And if um, uh, since Roe fell, uh, they would look to return um, a complete ban on abortion. Again, language from 1930 shouldn't apply mm. to our health care today. Um, so the governor there really is uh, the question on the ballot uh, is, is going to make a big difference for access in that state because uh, being able to retain a Democratic governor in Gretchen Whitmore means that uh, you can protect abortion access. So, um, you know, it, it really has been six-week bans, 15-week bans. We've seen an array of things. But what I think we would say from Planned Parenthood is a, a ban is a ban is a ban and bans are not popular. This is not where voters really are. We know that there's no state in the country where banning abortion is popular. People do not want to see their rights taken away. 
So that gets us to the big question. You mentioned the Dobbs decision. It was just about a month ago, June 24, that decision came down. Last week, the Supreme Court, uh, which it has to do, uh, the the official transmission of that decision uh, to the lower courts. So uh, this, we now are in a, at least for now, a post-Roe world. What obstacles do women face uh, do you see in this post-Roe world? And are we already seeing some of those obstacles? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's not just been um, since the last four weeks. Uh, back in September of 2021, we saw the state of Texas be the first state mm, right. to step up and ban. So they now have been operating for months um, where abortion after six weeks is uh, not uh, legal. And that state has actually taught us a lot about what we're seeing now and how to respond. Um, and uh, we know that uh, the stories we're starting to hear from people, it's, it is very unsettling. People driving thousands of miles, having to take time off work, having to get child care, um, having to come in for uh, their appointment and not actually knowing the current law in their state because things are so rapidly changing. Um, we know that um, in, um, you know, in uh, all these places, we're seeing providers also really confused. Uh, we've heard in states like Texas where doctors are calling lawyers before they're actually providing health care service because mm. they are afraid of getting um, in illegal complications. And, you know, we've heard stories of women who've said, I had a complication with my pregnancy. I went to the emergency room. Um, only to be told, go home, wait until you have sepsis and your life is at risk, then we can actually help you without getting in trouble with the law. So we know that um, this is a really complicated landscape. It's very confusing. And it's not just about abortion access. It's also for people who may have pregnancy complications um, being unclear. And so, you know, the task at hand right now is that um, we have to not be overwhelmed by these facts on the ground and make sure that um, we are at, focused at Planned Parenthood on getting patients to care uh, and getting people to the care where the care is available. Um, but I do believe the entire healthcare system is going to see ripples from this decision. Um, just because, you know, from hospital administrators to state-by-state uh, -state patchwork, it's just not the way to deliver health care. So, um, you know, it's going to be a moment in time where I think no one can be neutral on this question because it's whether you think it, access to abortion impacts your life or not, it really is going to sit at everyone's feet. So it's been 50 years. Where for 50 years, Roe v. Wade was in place. I, I, I'm guessing I should have look this up, but that most American women alive today were not born before 1973, right? I mean, the majority of American women have, have this has been their life, the protection of Roe v. Wade. Do, do you find at Planned Parenthood that women understand the consequences, realize what's going on and what's been taken away from them? Do um, they get it? Yeah, no, no, people can't get it, right? Because if I'm in Wisconsin, my healthcare looks very different. And if I'm in New York or California, um, people do, here's what is breaking through. People understand what the Supreme Court 
as decision means is that those 50 years of rights have been taken away. And I think that that has instilled a lot of rage and a lot of um, interest in taking action this fall. And um, But people are, uh, as you said, we've never, we've never seen a Supreme Court take rights away. We haven't had this opportunity. So, you know, we're focused on delivering care. Our movement side is really focused on helping people dissent and express their rage where we can. We're working through the courts to try to disrupt abortion bans. We are starting to see um, from Justice Breyer's opinion that um, we already have seen uh, the dissent name young women are living at a time where they will have less rights than their mothers and grandmothers. And um, it is already happening where, you know, where we've seen young people having to make decisions about where to go to college, uh, young women who are new in their professional careers, making decisions about what corporations they want to join, depending on what state that they're based in. I had um, a mother of a of a young college graduate say to me, as she enters into the workforce, I want to think about where she lives. She's mm-hmm. getting to graduate, get married, have kids. If she has a pregnancy complication, like, what can I do um, to be able to help her? So um, there are economic consequences that states have to think about right now. And and that's where the the focus has shifted now. The Supreme Court has forced that. The, the focus has shifted to the states. Um, I saw that uh, the Guttmacher Institute, um, they predict or that some 26 states will end up with a ban on abortion. Uh, is that what you see at Planned Parenthood? And uh, this this is the new battleground, isn't it, state by state? Yeah, we do uh, predict that there, uh, agree with Guttmacher, the 26 states uh, potentially mm. could ban abortion. We already are at the number currently is, is 14. Um, and so we know many will return to uh, session. Uh, state legislators will return to session in January of 2023. And we expect many more to be added to that list. And, you know, the reality is, is that if you have 26 states that have banned abortion, um, the remaining 24 just cannot hold, right, all of the um, patient services mm-hmm. for the entire country. Um, so people are going to go without, without mm-hmm. health care. And, um, you know, we uh, are continuing to think about things like expanding telehealth access, um, making sure mm-hmm. that. People are able to get support uh, from travel um, and, um, you know, helping where we can, um, making sure that, uh, you know, where we where it continues to be legal, that we're making sure that people uh, who travel to states and come back to their banned state are not criminalized because we understand that's a piece that um, the the anti-abortion movement is interested in. Now, I want to ask you about that question. Are women free to travel uh, from an anti-abortion state to where they can get health care, to a state where they can get health care. Yeah, I think it's important to remember there there are going to be a lot of barriers um, for people. Um, um, many patients are already um, parenting, and so finding child care, mm. taking time off work, taking the finding the resources to cover transportation and lodging, not everyone's going to be able to travel. But for those who can... Um, anti-abortion states uh, may try and stop them. And so we've already started to see proposals being drafted 
uh, by state legislators that would prohibit people from traveling across state lines, um, making it impossible to access the care that they need, um, being considering criminalizing someone um, mm. if you give assistance to that person to get out of the state. Um, so we're really appreciative of the fact that, you know, we've already seen in the House and Senate, there's been legislation introduced um, that uh, by reproductive rights champions that would affirm you do have a right to travel. We're in interesting times because whoever thought you wouldn't have the right to travel since the days of slavery. Yeah. Um, as a black woman in this country, I'm very offended at the idea that you have to reaffirm that right. But I'm, I'm glad to see that those bills are being introduced in Congress, um, reassuring people uh, that you would not be criminalized if you travel. I don't believe uh, any states are suggesting, for example, that I could not travel to another state to have a vasectomy. Correct. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's all, this is how or, far we've been removed, right? Is or, yeah. or even uh, you know to have an appendix removed, right, or to have a, a pacemaker installed, or anything, any other medical procedure. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, our lawyers say all the time we we've always presumed the assumption that you could travel. Um, we've not before been at a time when we've seen um, anti-abortion legislation introduced that um, that would block uh, the ability of someone to get health care where they need to. And so they're trying now, really, you know, to control where we go, take away our rights across state lines, and essentially, you know, these are areas that politicians just shouldn't be involved in when it comes to uh, personal health care decisions. What penalties, uh, I know it must differ from state to state, but what are you seeing uh, for people within a state who might um, consult a doctor, consult a health professional, consult a clinic uh, about an abortion procedure or, or a, um, a medical professional who assists a woman? Or, or or family members who drive her there. Yeah. What if you're the Uber who picks somebody yeah, up? Right. Um, and you know who takes you there? I, I mean, they're is, talking about penalties for everybody involved. Correct. That that is exactly right. What um, some uh, this first started in the state of Texas when we saw last September, um, they put forward a passed and it was upheld by the Supreme Court the ability to. Keep someone from so-called aiding and abetting without definition. So anything could be considered aiding and abetting. I I just write a check to my niece and tell her I want you to feel supported to get your care. Um, right? Who who's to say that I couldn't be subject to? I will name that we haven't to date actually seen those lawsuits. Um, many of those lawsuits haven't been brought. Um, however. Uh, we have seen the Attorney General of Texas issue letters to law firms um, and threatening the licenses of attorneys who are seen as helping or aiding and abetting someone to get out of the state and get the care that they need. Um, so the, the the core of what we're really seeing at these abortion bans are, you know, intimidation. It's doing exactly what it is intended, which is to um, devastate people's lives and cause this confusion and, and complications. Um, that's really, you know, what they're going to try and do is intimidate everybody from the hospital administrators to the lawyers to companies. Um, but I've been really encouraged. Uh, we have seen uh, many companies join, uh, hundreds and hundreds of companies joins, join mm. our don't don't uh, ban equality pledge, taking the pledge not to ban equality. And we're starting to see more companies who are making statements about changes to their corporate policies to support employees who need to travel. 
right? And including paying for their travel, I've seen in, in, in some cases. Uh, again, our guest today from Planned Parenthood Federation of America, Jacqueline Ayers, who's Senior Vice President for Policy, Campaigns, and Advocacy at Planned Parenthood. Jacqueline, you alluded earlier there are related issues that come into play here, too. Let me ask you about some of them. I've seen stories about um, even women who might have a miscarriage uh, could get caught under some of this legislation. Tell us about that. Um, Yeah, I think uh, maybe many people don't know, or if you haven't been through it, um, you know, these are, you have to remember healthcare uh, complications aren't something you can plan for. Um, And so the treatment uh, to do miscarriage management um, to help someone uh, who is having complications with their pregnancy is the same medically, the same treatment that you would do in the case of a pregnancy termination. And so mm-hmm. a lot of uh, healthcare providers are now in uh, this complicated space of trying to figure out if they're helping someone with an atopic pregnancy, which could kill you. Um, you know, West Virginia is a great example. Currently, they are trying to put forward an abortion ban um, that. Uh, wouldn't actually allow for um, uh, the care of uh, an atopic pregnancy, but for forty after a forty-eight hour waiting period, and so those are the kinds of things where legislation just doesn't match the reality of mm-hmm. healthcare. Uh, and so, you know, we've seen people who are um, speaking out. There's uh, great articles about uh, 12-year-olds uh, speaking out in the West Virginia state legislatures about people linking arms and surrounding the Indiana state capitol. Um, mm. Again, they're just not popular uh, decisions that state legislators, and they're, they're not reflective of where their constituents uh, stand at all. Um, and so, you know, we, we've seen that doctors are having to make really hard choices and um, intimidation uh, by doctors also when they're, when they're making the decisions to help uh, patients who travel from other states. Uh, and as, as we saw in Indiana, when um, a doctor helped a 10-year-old rape victim. How rare is that, or I guess maybe, or how frequent is that, that girls that young um, have been raped and need a therapeutic abortion? Well, I'll just quote Dr. Caitlin Bernard, uh, the uh, Indiana doctor who did provide mm-hmm. care to that abortion, to that uh, 10-year-old. She says that she's not the only provider who needs in this last month to take care of a young child who had to come from Ohio to Indiana. Um, and in, in fact, she mentioned that, um, since she had to take care of that 10 year old, there've been additional 11 year olds, um, Mm. who need needed care. And so, you know, how state legislators can be on the side of forced pregnancy, um, even in those circumstances is really extreme. I I think that extremism is going to be uh, rejected this fall. How about medicated abortions? Uh, are they covered by these state laws as well? Yeah, it's a good question. I think attributing uh, uh, to the confusion that has been happening, um, when a state makes and uh, passes into law an effective a decision to ban abortion, that also includes medication abortion. Um, and that has been really confusing for people. And um, it's a ban is a ban is a ban. And so on medication abortion, it still uh, still applies. So um, uh, we are seeing 
you know, concern from folks who maybe you travel out of state, get your medication, um, and you take that uh, medication, come back to a state. If you have complications, providers are concerned about providing care to someone um, who at this point, you know, isn't in need of an abortion. They're in need of managing an emergency situation. Um, but but we're still seeing, you know, some hesitancy and concern um, there. We're, we have been at Planned Parenthood working to expand telemedicine, um, which include for medication mm-hmm. abortion in the places where legally allowable. And that means that someone, uh, you know, would limit their time that they have to be in a health center or travel. Um, that is important. And it's also critical that the Biden-Harris administration has further reiterated to pharmacies, um, sending out guidance to pharmacies, naming that um, they do have to provide this uh, uh, prescription um, medication where available. And so even in a state where it's legal, we've started to see instances of of pharmacists not wanting to um, give the actual medication to a patient. So that reiteration from the Biden-Harris administration is very important. The other um, related issue, uh, and this is one I really don't understand, but I keep reading that some of the extreme anti-abortion groups want to target contraception as well, right? I mean, uh, I remember when people used to say, well, you should be supporting birth control because if there's effective birth control, that means fewer abortions. But that seems to have been turned on its head by some of these organizations today. Do you see that reflected in some of these uh, state legislatures that they want to target contraception as well? Absolutely. I I think that um, we should not presume that um, the the, the last right that could be taken away from us is just mm-hmm. going to be only abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, um, I think that if you think about all of the rights that the Supreme Court has upheld that are younger than Roe, that aren't 50 years old, yeah. um, we know that, right, the right to marriage, the right to contraception, um, we know that um, r- because of this makeup of the current Supreme Court, everything is on the line. Um, I am pleased to see that this week the U.S. Senate uh, did bring a, a bill to the floor to protect contraception access, um, the Right to Contraception Act. And while really important, um, obviously did not uh, pass uh, for failure to have 60 votes, but it's going to take Congress to reaffirm all of our rights. We, we also have seen the House vote on the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, I think those are necessary now because, um, uh, you know, these rights are, are um, not to be taken for granted and we're going to need Congress to step in and protect them ultimately. So the, uh, uh, the other question, and you have... Uh... Uh, referred to it a couple of times, is we are now getting closer and closer to the midterms. Uh, I want to take a quick break here on the Bill Press Pod, Jacqueline, and then we'll come back. I'm going to ask you what impact this decision uh, and some of these state battles may be having on the midterms of 2022. Uh, it's the Bill Press Pod. We'll be right back. Well, friends, there's nothing better I could do today that encourage all of you to support Planned Parenthood. This is such an important issue, such an important battle we've all got to be involved in. And here's a way to do so very easily. Just go to bandsoff.org, bandsoff, B-A-N-S-O-F-F, bandsoff.org. That's the action page 
for you to get involved and for you to donate and to help Planned Parenthood, help the women of America uh, enjoy whatever little freedom they've got left and fight for more. Bandsoff.org. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we're back with the Bill Press Pod. Today's podcast, our guest from Planned Parenthood Federation for America, America uh, Jacqueline Ayers, who's Senior Vice President at Planned Parenthood for Policy Campaigns and Advocacy. And we're talking about the reality American women face and the hardships that American women already face in this post-Roe world after the Supreme Court uh, overturning Roe v. Wade uh, in that uh, opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito on June 24. Uh, Jacqueline, welcome back. So do you see, uh, this is a big deal, uh, you know, there are more women than men who vote. Uh, is this going to be a major issue in the midterms? I think I think yes, because we've seen a lot of rage uh, from people. Uh, we have seen um, uh, millions of people take to the streets in this last month. Um, we uh, have seen uh, along, you know, with our partners, we are uh, Planned Parenthood is actually litigating in 17 states. Um, we are trying to, uh, you know, move uh, through movements, uh, protests through the courts, um, and and continuing to focus on providing health care. I believe that the midterm elections is a, a time when. Generally, those who follow uh, elections would say that the incumbents uh, are likely to lose and uh, a chamber of Congress um, could switch uh, switch uh, leadership. Um, and I think this is a different moment in time just because we've seen um, so many people who are coming out. Um, they're ready to take the rage that they feel uh, uh, over losing a 50-year-old right to the ballot box. Right. I mean, you do have to wonder if this doesn't piss women off or men off too, uh, right thinking men, I would say. And if it doesn't drive them to go out and vote, uh, what would, right? Yeah, absolutely. Again, it, it's it's you know always going to be economic issues, but abortion mm-hmm. is, is is an economic issue, healthcare issue. Abortion is a healthcare issue. So yeah, absolutely, this is why people are going to um, turn out. We've already seen good examples of this in in Michigan, where they had to get, gather about three hundred thousand signatures um, uh, related to a, an abortion related ballot initiative, and they gathered nine hundred thousand. Mm. People were 
asking, where do I sign? I'm ready. Yeah. And I yeah. think we're going to see them um, show that in November. Uh, you've mentioned Michigan. Uh, any other states where you see this looming as an issue? Uh, how about Georgia? Uh, yeah, Georgia is a state that has passed a six-week ban um, that's currently in effect. And I think- Signed um, by Brian Kemp, right? That's Who's, right. right. Signed by Brian Kemp. And, and you you have a um, an important um, you know a challenge to uh, the, the governor's race and a supporter of abortion rights. Um, that's a great example. Um, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, all places where, um, you know, winning the governor's seat, it means access to abortion. And I think voters understand that. Uh, I checked today, the latest uh, Pew poll shows that 61% of Americans uh, believe, 61% believe that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Uh, And CNN had a poll out just a couple of days ago, 63% 63% of Americans disapprove of the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision. Um, so, Jacqueline, there does seem to be fertile ground, right, uh, in the midterms for uh, people to um, maybe make a difference. Yes, it's um, completely uh, important to always remind folks, you're, you, you can look at anyone's polls. There isn't a state where banning abortion is popular and politicians who are standing on that side of the issue. Um, uh, our president CEO, Alexis Mikhail Johnson says every politician is going to have to eat this issue for breakfast. <laughs> so it's going to, uh, it's going to be a case where no one can uh, escape having to talk about this and they're going to have to um, not be neutral, but declare if they stand and support um, people's bodily autonomy. Yeah, each one of them has got, I mean, every candidate, uh, Democrats and Republicans are going to have to answer on this issue, right? That's um, right. They, yeah, they can't duck it. So Planned Parenthood is most of all a medical provider uh, in the clinics around the country. You also have an advocacy wing, which I know is uh, your territory. Mm-hmm. What What is Planned Parenthood doing uh, in this post-row world? And what are you asking your members and your supporters to do? What's your action plan? Everybody, everywhere I go has the same questions. They're so mad and they want to say where, what's going on? What's the lay of the land and what can I do to help? Um, That's what everybody wants to know. So we've been directing people to bandsoff.org and asking people um, to take the actions that are on that website. It's everything Mm. from calling electeds, donating to Mm -hmm. um abortion funds who are helping people get travel. Um, We are telling our 17 million supporters, this has to be our summer of dissent, um, where we're asking people to fight if there are special sessions, um, like what are happening uh, now in the case of West Virginia and Indiana. Um, And we think later this year, there are going to be other states, Arkansas, South Carolina, Illinois, that hold special sessions even before the election. Um, and so we are telling folks to, you know, get involved, make the calls, um, to share on social media. Um, and new for us is um, making sure they're talking to employers. If employers don't have policies, if employers aren't saying where they stand on this issue, and if they if they will not support their employees, um, they should be sharing that as well. So um, there's literally something for everybody to do right now. There's a lot that people can do, and the time to do it is now, right, with the midterms right upon us. 
Yes, that's absolutely right. That's why we're saying this This is the summer uh, time to show your dissent and then uh, the continued action you can do is follow up uh, this fall by voting. So we will uh, help you out as much as we can. We'll have a link to uh, Planned Parenthood on the episode notes of this podcast, Jacqueline, and also a link to bandsoff.org. I checked that out today and it's a very it's very detailed, it's very direct, it's very easy to follow if you want to get involved. You tell people how to do it, and you and you provide the links to do so, again, at bandsoff.org. Uh, Jacqueline Ayers, thank you for your great work. Thanks to Planned Parenthood for years and years of service to American women and uh, to Americans generally in this country. Uh, I've been a proud supporter for a long time. And thank you for joining us on the Bill Press Pod. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it for today's podcast with Jacqueline Ayers from Planned Parenthood. Very, very important issue. Hope you all get involved in this fight for freedom for the women of America. And uh, by the way, uh, we'll be back on Friday, as always, with our Reporters Roundtable, catching up on whatever action or lack of action we see out of our nation's capital this week. So uh, have a good week. Take care of yourselves. Uh, Still be very, very careful. COVID has not gone away. Take care of yourselves and then come back and see us Friday for the the Reporters Roundtable. That's the next edition of the Bill Press Pod.